0: Or Resurrection Sunday is a great time to remember and to recall what God thinks about you and me. Because many of us get caught up in the whirlwind of life, our problems or other people's problems become central and we lose focus. And so what God remembers, we tend to forget. So this Easter, let's put some things forgotten, some things ignored, and put them front and centre. Now this morning we're going to explore a great portion of Psalm 103, verse by verse. But the key, and we're going, but the, we're going to, but the key standout verse that we're going to hone in on is verse 14. He remembers that we are dust. So, have you ever wondered what God really thinks about you? Our greatest barrier to knowing God better, maybe. How much we know about how much God knows about us. Because many of us struggle with God because we feel so bad about ourselves. And if we know the truth about ourselves, think of how much God knows about us. Because we can't fool Him, can we? Sometimes we don't want to pray or we don't read our Bible or think about God at all. Because when we look in the mirror, we feel like saying you're a big disappointment, or you ought to be doing a lot better by now. And we've all felt that way from time to time because it's been a hard week, or it's been a hard month, or it's been a bad year, and it's been a struggle throughout the last few months or perhaps. And now it's Easter, it's a time to celebrate, it's a time for joy. And we're not feeling it perhaps because you're in an emotional or a spiritual wasteland and treading water, one man said these words and captured that truth so well. I think we run from God rather than to Him because we know our hearts all too well as He and His barely at all. And I probably don't need to spend any time convincing you that that all of us we're sinners, and you probably know the truth about yourself and just as well. And so, but today Easter shows us the other side to that truth. And it is the other side to that truth that we need to talk about today, this Easter day. And that truth is, we don't know God's heart very well. And that's where Psalm 103 helps helps us tremendously. Perhaps no other chapter in the Bible so clearly reveals God's compassion. If you've ever wondered what God thinks about you, then... As we are now, let's take a journey through Psalm 103 and discover several liberating truths about God's heart this Easter. So the first liberating truth is found in, uh, in, in, in verses 6 to 7. He loves us, or He loves to help the needy. Verses 6 to 7 says, "'The, Lord's, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. "'He made known His ways to Moses.'" His deeds to the people of Israel. Now, the oppressed are those that who can't help themselves. In the Old Testament, the word especially referred to widows, orphans, uh, foreigners, and the poor. And so, when we're tempted to take advantage of others because we're stronger and they're weaker, God says, "Think about that." He takes the side of the weak. Our God keeps his eye on the helpless and when others hurt them he moves in his time to balance the scales of justice. Martin Luther King Jr. said these words the arm of the Lord is long but it bends towards justice. There are days and there are times when it is hard to believe especially in light of the events like we see now with the Ukraine war and the, Shri- uh, the, 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 the issues that are happening in Sri Lanka and also Syria But the truth is, truth stands like a solid rock for the believer. If all of history is a book, we haven't reached the final chapter yet. We're somewhere near the end, but we're not sure how far we are. But we know it's not much. We're near the end. And eventually God will bring everything to light and he will judge with impartiality. In that day... There will be no hiding. There will be no excuse-making. There will be no bribes. There will be no way to escape. For all those who labour for a better world and for more a more just society and those who stretch out a helping hand, we have to believe this. Or it's hard to go on. So we have to believe that God is a just God. The words of James uh, Russell Lowell says these words. He said... Um, Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne, yet the scaffold sways the future, and behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. are we needy this morning? I think the answer to that is yes, whether we know it or not, we are needy, and God is on our side, and that's the great place that's a real great place to start, and it's a great place. to to think and to remember this Easter. Number two, he shows mercy to those who don't deserve it. Verse eight says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. We need to see the four great attributes of God in this verse. The first one is the Lord is compassionate. He pardons. The Lord is gracious. He gives us what we don't deserve. The Lord is slow to anger He is patient with us when we fall. And the Lord abounds in love. He loves us more than we can imagine. There's no fishing like fishing in the sea. There's no eating like eating at the the king's table. And there's no love like God's love. When he saves, he saves completely. When he forgives, he forgives our sins. When he sets us free, we are free forever forever. I love that the King James translation of that last phrase in verse 8 says that God is plenteous in mercy. And that's what Easter's all about this morning, my friends. God is plenteous in mercy. Thirdly, he tempers his wrath. Verses 9 to 10 says, He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Now, let me ask you all a question. Does anyone here know anyone who loves to argue? (laughs) Don't point at them. (laughs) We all know people who love to keep a quarrel going don't we because they're so angry. We had that yesterday we took our grandkids that we have we have between Zelda we have seven children but there's only two breeding couples okay <laughs> 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 And so we took was eleven, seven and four yeah, yeah. Paige is four. pages Paige four Paige loves to start arguments with the <laughs> <us> two brothers. <laughs> oh we're in the back of the car yesterday. Oh my goodness me, i had a headache by the end of it. They can't get anything right, can they? <laughs> Poor guys. <laughs> but God's not like that. That's my point. God is not like God's willing to end the quarrel and welcome us back home. That's what Easter's all about. Sometimes the real problem is that we want to keep fighting with him. He's more ready to forgive than we are ready to be <laughs> forgiven this morning. When we forget to pray, he remembers to feed us. When we forget to give thanks, he sends us restful sleep. When we're idle in sin, he sends his Holy Spirit to convict us. When we refuse to give, he keeps on giving still. When we fall, he lifts us up. When we are disappointed, and when we disappoint ourselves and others, he can still call us and still will call us his children. He even blesses those who don't believe in him. An unbeliever like Christopher Hitchin writes a book called God is Not Great How Religion Poisons Everything. As he sells boatloads of copies of books and uh, along the way merrily debates every religious type of person he can find. He is clever, he is witty, a gifted wordsmith, widely read, quick quick with his comebacks, he's very sharp in debates. And completely committed to debunking religion of every type. And even more committed to the concept that God is simply not necessary. But see God's mercy. See God's mercy. Instead of crushing him like an empty eggshell. The Lord feeds him. The Lord nourishes him. And gives him health and love for life. Uh, It is the long-sufferingness of God that allows Christopher Hitchens to deny him. And why would God show such loving kindness to someone utterly dedicated to eradicating his influence in the world? Because if there's a God at all this morning, he's not in at least intimidated by the likes of Christopher Hitchin or Richard Dawkins. And the fact that God withholds punishment to his enemies, that too is evidence of his mercy. Romans 2 verse 4 says, God's kindness leads towards Repentance. Number four, he forgives all our sins. In verses 11 to 12, it says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. So consider the greatness this morning of God's love. Let us reflect on the magnitude of God's love. Let us suppose that you want to go east until you finally reach west, okay? That's the point. East until you finally reach west. So here you are in Melbourne. Yep, there we go. Where you join a passenger ship to head to the Easter Islands, and, when you, and then you fly from Santiago to Chile, where you rent a boat, or sorry, you rent a beat-up jeep and start driving north. It's a long way, but you eventually make it to Nome, Alaska, where you hire a dog sled team and end up in Anchorage. So you hop on a cruise ship to Vancouver where you take a trans-Canadian railway ending in Halifax and Nova Scotia, and there you buy a high-end road bike and start pedaling through New Brunswick, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Baltimore. So there you take off from Baltimore in a hot air balloon. You're getting all this. And you land in Lisbon. You get a Honda Civic and you drive across Europe until you come to Varna, Bulgaria. There you hop on a freighter that takes you through the Black Sea, through the Aegean Sea, through the Mediterranean Sea, through the Suez Canal, through the Red Sea, and onto the Gulf of Aden, where you narrowly escape uh, being caught by pirates. And on the Indian Ocean, where you finally put ashore in Colombo, Sri Lanka. From there, you catch a flight to Singapore, and when you and then you then you land in Perth, where you hitchhike across the outback, and eventually you're back in where Melbourne. 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 It's one of your holidays, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you you not only not only have you circumnavigated the globe, but what have you proven? Among other things, you have proven that no matter how far east you go, you'll never find west. You'll never find west. That never the twain shall meet. The farthest east you go, the farthest you are from the west. And that, my friends, is the magnitude of God's love. And here's this great news of Easter. When God forgives... He removes our sins, he lifts them up and takes them away and he puts them so far away from us that you could never find them. Even if you search for them for a thousand years, they're gone forever. My sins can never come back to haunt me because of what Jesus did. Even Satan can't bring them back. And here's what we know about God so far. He has a long fuse, he's slow to anger, verse 8. A short memory does not harbour his anger forever, verse 9. A thick skin does not treat us as our sins deserve, verse 10. And a great heart, so great is his love, so far has he removed our sins, verses 11 and 12. So today, I'm glad we have a God like that because that's exactly the kind of God we need. Number five, he understands our weaknesses. Verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Now, earthly fathers, however imperfect, point us towards our heavenly father. So pay attention this morning, dads and granddads and great granddads. When an earthly father has done his job well, he makes it easy for his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren to see their heavenly Father. Our children learn that we don't stop, we don't worship a god of stone. Our children uh, get to understand we don't uh, worship a, a, an empty idol or a, a remote deity and uh, an impersonal, uh, you know, machine in the sky. We serve a Father God who knows our weaknesses. And understands our fears and loves us anyway. Number six. He remembers that we are dust. Verse 14 to 16. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As, of, as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower. And the, of the, the flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. Here's the truth, we all understand, especially now that we've come into the autumn season, yesterday's green leaves soon turn brown and it's an unstoppable law of nature that the green leaves of spring end up in a pile in your front lawn or back lawn. I know we that's Tim's job, he rakes up all the leaves from the the, 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 was, it the was it the peach tree or nectarine tree? Yeah, it just, just doesn't stop. And so it's God's way of saying, not only the leaves, but you and I won't be here forever. I know some of us think we're going to be here forever, but we're not. And who remembers each leaf? Not the tree. One by one, the leaves fall to the ground where they disintegrate and return to the soil from which they came. No one knows their names or their numbers or even um, anything about them. If that's all there is, if we are here today and gone tomorrow, as our scripture read out from the Corinthian scripture, it's it's the end of the story. Then there isn't much hope. But here's the big idea this morning. If you don't have anything else to be thankful for this year, here's something that you can hang your hat on this Easter. Our hope is not in humanity or anything that humanity can do. Our hope is in an everlasting God. And finally, number seven, God links us with eternity by linking us with himself. Verse 17, 18, But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. There's nothing we can do this morning about our fragility. We come from the hand of our Creator and, it's, and we are stamped, fragile, handled with care. We are like the dust storm that blows across barren ground. We make a big scene and then suddenly we disappear. Try as we might, we can't cancel our humanity. Nothing can change what we are. Vitamins and exercise and clean living may slow the process and push back the horizon of death. Positive thinking may improve your mood, but for all of us, the end is the same. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. But Psalm 103 offers us one strong ground of comfort, one strong ground for comfort that lifts us above the transitory nature of this life. And it is in the but of verse 17, the blessed but that changes everything. That one word offers an eternal contrast between the fading flowers and the everlasting God, between our mortality and God's eternity. The one word, that little word but, stands at the demarcation between this life and the next And here's our real hope of life that never ends. God's tender mercy, his unfailing love, his abounding grace. Someone has said that life without Christ is a a hopeless end. But life with Christ is an endless hope. And this endless hope is not only to us, but it's to our children's children and children's children. What will we leave our children what will we leave our grandchildren what will we leave our great grandchildren a vast estate a huge inheritance a huge life insurance policy debt maybe i'm intending to leave some debt <laughs> whatever we may say about earthly possessions they pale next to the privilege of passing down a godly heritage A tapestry of truth and a pattern of believing that our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren can claim as their own. In a transitory and passing world where everything fades away, we have the promise that we're linked to the future, even after we're gone, by faithfulness to God, to our children, to our children's children and their children. So what is Psalm 103 telling us about Easter? It's telling us that we're richer than we think, we're more blessed than we know, and we have more than we realise. We frail mortal sinners are rich in the mercy of God, and we have found that mercy, or rather that mercy has found us in the cross of Jesus Christ. This Easter, all that we believe and all that we have and all that we hope for is found in the cross of Christ and in that empty tomb. Are you weak? Well, so am I. Are you needy? So am I. Are you guilty? So am I. Are you frail? So am I. Are you like dust? Well, so am I. And through the Easter story, God says to us, you are weak, you are needy, you are guilty, you are fragile, you are dusty children, but I know you through and through and i love you anyway come to me rest in me make me your rock this easter god's mercy in christ is more than enough for all of us amen amen amen, amen. thank you mate.